Okay, guys, a whole new format on this week's episode of my podcast, and that is an interview with a listener. More specifically, we have, I have, a hotline where y'all can call in. I'm sure you've heard me do episodes on this before. You call in and you tell me something you're thinking or you want more information about, and usually I use those as ideas for Q&A episodes or what to base an entire episode on. And it just so happened that I listened to this particular voicemail and I was like, you know what? I feel like this is a conversation I would love to have. I would love to talk to her. And I asked my producer to see if this woman would be willing to have a conversation and let us turn it into a podcast episode because I feel like it's something that so many of us struggle with, which is why can you kill it in some areas of your life? Why can you excel and like achieve a goal in some areas of your life and other areas you feel like you struggle so hard? What is it in this instance about a work goal that feels so achievable, but a health goal that feels so impossible? When if you back up, essentially we pursue all goals in the same way with the same template. So why does one feel possible and the other feel so hard? That is what this caller was wondering about. She's an Enneagram 8. She knows how to get it done. She's had incredible success in her career. She's living debt-free. She's doing all the things, but she really struggles with keeping her promises when it comes to her health and taking care of herself and eating great nutrition. So she and I dug into why. We unpacked it from a bunch of different angles with the intention that maybe something she's going to say will spark a thought in you. I always think that we learn best when we learn from each other. So this is a conversation that aims to do just that. And also, if you like this format, let me know. Check in on social and tag me in this week's episode. And even better, if you want to be featured as a guest on a podcast, if you have a question that you want answered or something you want help unpacking from me, (laughs) then make sure that you check out the show notes. The hotline number is there. You just call and leave me a voicemail and tell me what you're wondering. And hopefully we'll get you on an upcoming episode of the show. But until then, here is my conversation with one of you listeners, about how to achieve a goal in any area of your life, even if it feels really difficult. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. 
Katie, I heard your story. You had called into the voicemail for the podcast and I got to listen to it. And when I, when you were explaining where you find yourself right now, I was like, oh man, I wonder if she'd come on podcast and talk to me about this. Cause I think this is something that a lot of women especially deal with. So will you tell listeners your story and kind of what's going on right now for you? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say that I am a generally pretty self-motivated person. (laughs) I'm an energizer bunny. I'm an Enneagram eight. I'm very like, don't have a ton of problems getting, going after a goal and reaching my definition of success. But I have found that that seems to kind of stop when it comes to the diet and food piece of the puzzle of my life. And just a lot of the things that I've tried in that area seem to not click. And I can't really figure out what the disconnect is between, okay, I have roadmaps for all these other things in my life and I've been able to kind of steer the ship in the right direction on there. But I find myself not being able to sustain being an overall healthy human with a healthy diet for more than a couple of days at a time. So, okay. So let's unpack this. Tell me what your health and nutrition and exercise, tell me what that looks like now and what you would rather it look like in your life. Yeah. So right now it is pretty much whatever is in front of me. (laughs) Um, If I have a great week and I have the time and the resources to meal prep, yeah, I'll, I'll prep some great food and I will eat those meals and it'll be great, but it might be two months before I decide to meal prep for another week. (laughs) And yeah, stuff like that. Sorry, what was the rest of that? (laughs) Well, I'm curious too, do you feel like, is it, what do you feel like is the biggest, like the biggest hurdle for you in this way? Is it not having enough time? Is it being busy with work? Is it the people that are around you in your life and they're maybe not being as healthy. And so that influences you like talk me through what do you think is contributing to making this feel like it's hard? I mean, I'm definitely a very busy person between my job, but also I stop myself because I'm younger. I'm single. Like if I can't figure this out now, life's not slowing down. (laughs) So, and I've been able to prioritize so many other things in my life that I kind of want to call bullcrap on myself about the time thing, because if it was important, I would find a way. I think it's just a brain thing. Like, I think when you ask that question, like, what is food to you? To me, it's definitely fun. Like it's having a life and it's very hard for me to imagine me living life to the fullest without eating crappy. And that is so like, as I say it, that's so stupid, (laughs) but that's kind of, I feel like subconsciously what it boils down to. Right. And are you conscious of how the things that you eat make you feel like, do you feel tired or sluggish or indigestion or any of those things when you are eating in a way that you wish you weren't? Yeah, specifically I'm 25. So kind of the last like two, three years has kind of been like, hey, we're not 18 anymore. We're not in college anymore. I think that's obviously going to change. I work with, you know, people older than me. They're like, oh, I think it's bad now, you know? So I definitely noticed that specifically. I'm really good with like the physical activity, but I've gone through seasons in my life when I'm not. Specifically at the beginning of this year, like January, I wasn't running. I'm a big runner. So I kind of had to find something else because I noticed at work specifically, like, 
oh my gosh, I am sluggish by 11 a.m. And I've already had caffeine and it's still like, so I was able to kind of adjust that. And I definitely noticed it with food too, but I, I don't connect it in the way that I should. So my other question then is the things that you feel like you are really successful at pursuing, the goals that you have pursued in your life, what process exists with those goals that doesn't exist with this? I don't know. I feel like, okay, so like finance, finances is one. Like last year, I paid off a ton of debt, paid off all my student loans on not a great big salary. And I just, I worked extra. I worked really hard. I definitely had a plan, but then I revert to, okay, but I've tried plans for food, but I still kind of end up in the same spot. And that's where I'm like, okay, I have all these things that I know how to do, but there's no way to work hard enough to pick this salad over something else. Sure. Well, there probably well, is in my brain, but <laughs> I mean, I can tell you in my experience, because I so identify with what you're saying, the idea of food being fun, food was a comfort for me growing up. And so it was something I reached for a lot when it was like, maybe life was hard, but those nachos would make me feel better, at least in the short term. And something that's been really effective for me, I'm curious if you've ever tried um, having an existing routine where you're, I would call it staying on plan. So um, identifying foods that make you feel really good, give you energy, are uh, supplying you with the nutrients that you need, and then having what some people call a cheat meal or treat meal or a whole day where you are allowed to have whatever the heck you want because you've stayed on plan the other six days of the week. Have you ever tried something like that? Not in the exact way you just described it. No. So I'll, I mean, for what it's worth, that's what I do. So Sunday is cheat day. And I'll just say this because some people are really triggered by the word cheat. They don't like that, but you can honestly call it whatever you want. Essentially to me, it's just, I need a carrot. Like I need something to dangle in front of me. I am not the kind of person who could just live off of, you know, salad and tuna for the rest of my life. I love food, love it. Like I am, it's kind of embarrassing how much I've already planned what I'm going to have on Sunday when it's that day. Cause I love it so much. And it's worth saying too, I get really excited about as opposed to like, maybe when I was younger, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to have a treat and I'm going to go to a restaurant or I'm going to go to my favorite like burger place or whatever. And now it's more about, I'm, I want to cook it myself because there's like eight things that I want. I can't get all of those at the same restaurant. So I'm going to like lay out the day. It's pretty ridiculous. I've seen this work really well for like bodybuilders, people who are super into fitness. It's just like, I know it, on the moments where I feel like, oh, I'm hungry and I want to reach for something that I know is going to make me feel like crap later. I remind myself, yeah, but on Sunday, and if you're an achiever, which it sounds like you are, you've, you've knocked out a lot of things. That's really helpful for me because I just know like, oh, right. I'm going to get to have this really indulgent thing. And I'm going to enjoy that without, with zero negative thought about it because that's something else I would do back in the day is I would be like, Oh, screw it. I'm just gonna have the donut. And then I'd have the donut and then I feel shame, which is the stupidest thing ever to feel shame about food, but I would, and this has worked really well for me. It might be something that you try because it sounds like to me, you know, what you've done with paying off debt and all of that. It sounds to me like you're good with routine 
Like once you sort of get into the momentum of a routine, it sounds like you handle that really well. So maybe it's about how it's not all or nothing. It's 90% of the time you're eating in a way that's blessing your body. And then you just allow yourself to have something that is really indulgent. And honestly, I promise you, you will enjoy that choice so much more than you will when you just get really hungry and you sort of eat whatever is in front of you. So that's one thing is I would highly recommend you try. Um, and I, I literally would do a cheat day. Some people do cheat meal. You're starting out this process. I would do a day. Like you pick a day of the week. I really like Sunday because I think Monday morning is a natural reset because sometimes mm -hmm. in the past I would, um, let's say it was like my kid's birthday party and I'd like eat everything in my brain. I'd be like, well, you're off the wagon. So you may as well just like go. And it would take a month for me to get back on plan. So I like Sunday because Monday morning is a natural reset for me. And that is a great place to start. Number one, number two, it sounds like meal prep does really work for you. So as much as it's a pain in the butt, I know you can do hard things because you've done them before. It wasn't easy to work extra hours or, you know, sacrifice the things that you wanted in order to pay off the debt that you had. So how do you incorporate meal prep into your schedule so that you actually do have great options? Do you have ideas? Like, is there a day of the week or a time or something that you think might work well? Yeah, I've definitely started making like, Thursday, the day I decide what's happening in the next week and kind of planning out like, okay, this is, these are the meals that I need to prep for. Or like I have a business lunch on this day. So, and then trying to arrange for grocery pickup Saturday and then do the prepping on Sunday. I've done that like three weeks though. So it's still new. <laughs> um, That's great though. To my thing, like sugar is my thing. I really could go the rest of my life without a Cheeto it's like the cake for me. That right, is right. really hard. And, and, um, the, and it's the worst one. Like sugar is the worst. Yeah. The worst. Which is my question. Do you have any like experience when you were first changing your diet and everything for that initial withdrawal? Like, is there any way to make that suck less? Because what I've seen in the past is when I try to kind of be like, I mean, fruit and those types of things do help kind of hold you over a better sugary choice but I would rather just get rid of the craving altogether. But in the past, it's been like, okay, you know, we're doing whole 30 or something. And I get to day two and I am literally what I imagine is like someone coming off of drugs. Like I, yeah. I am doing embarrassing things to track down a chocolate chip. And I'm like, I cannot function and I need to function. I have a job I need to show up at. I have these people to show up for. And I like, it's so much easier just to eat the brownie and move along and be a better version of myself than right. go through that day. And logically, I know in my brain, hey, if you just did that for a couple of weeks and bit the bullet, you'd probably be fine. But if you have any advice on that, I would gladly take it. <laughs> yeah. So I think this is about setting yourself up for success. I think oftentimes we're really hard on ourselves. We're like, well, I should be able to do this the way I saw like that girl do it on YouTube or whatever. And the reality is if you don't set yourself up with a plan you can stick to, you're going to go wild and, you know, eat half the food in the bakery section because you're just, we get hangry, we feel frustrated, we're like, screw it. And then we go so hard. So if I were you, I would give myself, I would like stair step 
because your body will naturally, when you start to pull things out of your, what you're having in your nutrition, you will stop craving it. But in the beginning, it's going to be really hard. So if it were me, I would see, can I get to like two days and then at two days, I'm going to have a piece of dark chocolate, which like, I just want to go on the record and say, I freaking hate dark chocolate. I think it's disgusting. I think everybody should have milk chocolate, but, but it's so much better for you. It has antioxidants. There's some great options that you can get and it will cut the sugar craving. So you will be able to have that. You'll get rid of that feeling in a way that's way better for you. So it try two days, like, okay, after dinner on night two, I get to have this thing. And honestly, Katie, if two days feels too hard, get through a full day. And because I, again, I just go back to this idea of we need a, a carrot and you can sort of wean yourself off as you go. And now it's, now it's two days. Now it's three. Now I'm able to hold out for my cheat day. Cause on my cheat day, I'm going to have all the sugar and like live my best life, but give yourself help. Um, because you being able to stick to plan, whatever that looks like for you and know that you get that treat is like great. Like that's a great way to be feeding your body and fueling your body and having nutrition. Um, and you're teaching yourself a better way to function. Uh, another thing that I was going to add to this process is to be mindful of things that you currently do that are just a waste of sugar, a waste of calories, a waste of all of that. Because back in the day, like my thing was coffee. Um, I love coffee. It's my favorite thing in the world. And I would have coffee, like I'd go to Starbucks and have a frappuccino or vanilla latte or whatever. And I just really wasn't conscious of what that was doing to my body, how many wasted calories, how it was spiking insulin levels. Just if I'm going to have that much fun with sugar, I want to have cake. I want to have a cookie. So I was doing all these things that were sort of hidden bad for me and cutting out. Yeah. Oh my gosh. hundred percent. And so finding ways to sort of pull those things out again, if cold Turkey doesn't work for you and it sounds like maybe it doesn't, just slowly step it down. Like do what you need to do to figure out how to get on a plan that's sustainable. We have this like twisted diet culture of, you know, oh, I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to go really hard for two weeks and then I'm going to look, you know, cute for my vacation or whatever. And then immediately we go on vacation and we go back to the way that we were, or maybe even go harder because the thing that we were doing actually wasn't sustainable for our lives. So I remember like I used to have, when I would make coffee in the morning, I would put in like flavored creamer every morning, or I would put sugar and cream. And then one day I was like, so bad for me. I've got to get rid of this. So first I cut out, I just would do a little bit less, a little bit less of sugar every day. And then it was just coffee and cream. And then slowly same thing with the cream. I just weaned myself off. And now I am sadly having just straight espresso on ice. I would way rather have an oat milk latte right now, but this is going to make me feel better. This is actually going to sustain me throughout the day. And on, on Sunday, I know exactly where I'm going to get the latte that I'm craving right now. So at least in my brain, that, that's really helpful for me. You talked about this idea of having like a business lunch or business dinner. Two things I'd say about eating out. Number one, if, if I want to stay on plan, being able to stay on your routine requires preparation for you, for all of us. And some people would say that this is being too 
crazy, but I call this being intentional with wanting to take care of myself and my body. So if I know that I have a business lunch on Thursday and I know the restaurant that it's at, I'm going to look at that menu in advance and know what I'm going to order. So I don't get there and, you know, oh, they ordered like a cheeseburger and then I'm like, mm, I kind of want a cheeseburger. Like, nope, I already know. I planned out that I was going to have the salad and I'm going to get some salmon and whatever. I already know my plan. And anytime that you know you're walking into situations where you feel like it would be easy to indulge, because I do really, I make poor choices when I'm in a group because I get jealous that other people are having something something delicious, or I feel like I want to be like part of the party. And so if I'm going into situations, a business lunch, hanging out with girlfriends, whatever, I'll make sure that I have a snack first. So like my, you know, like I'm not hangry walking into that situation because I'm for sure going to make a choice. I wish I had it. The last thing I would say is knowing places that you can go around your house, around your office, where you can eat healthy, where you can stay on plan, but you get to eat out. Because I don't know about you, but I get real mm-hmm. sick when I would like when I would meal prep, I can really do meal prep meals for like three days. And then I'm like, I can't eat this anymore. So it helps me to go, OK, we're going to do, you know, two or three days of this stuff you prepped. And then you get to have lunch or you get to have dinner at your favorite place to eat out. I was literally having that conversation inside my head last week at. Um, a restaurant with the eating out thing. I was, we were about to order and I was going to get a salad. I was going to get the chicken salad. I had, well, not chicken salad, but whatever. It had chicken in it. It was lettuce. (laughs) And I was like, you only have to be brave once. You just order it and then it's done. Just order it. Don't get the artificial chips. Just say salad, say salad. (laughs) I love that. Don't think about it. You know, like if we, our mind can talk us into or out of anything. You can find a million reasons why you should get something besides the thing that you were going to get. So it's like, don't think about it. Just do it. It's also, it's worth, I don't know if you journal. Are you you like a free flowing sort of journaler? I do have one. Thanks to you. Your morning for two years, I have woken up at 4am most days because of you making me have a morning routine. (laughs) So thank you for that. Because that has totally changed everything with my mornings and everything. But I do like my devotional stuff and my start today journal. And then usually I'm like, okay, let's, let's get to the gym. So it's worth doing some time journaling. So this, is, this wouldn't be start today journal. Mm-hmm. This would just be like a blank page where I always like to give myself a, a time limit. Like, okay, you have, or not a time limit, but a minimum amount of time. So you have to spend 10 minutes or 20 and just ask yourself some questions about What are the things that you believe about you that mean that you make these choices? Meaning we as human beings will do anything and everything to continue to live in who we believe ourselves to be. So one of the things that had to shift for me when I was learning to eat in a different way had nothing to do with needing a better routine or needing to know which foods or need, it wasn't about that. It was about the mindset shift of who do I perceive myself to be? Because I grew up in a family that was deeply unhealthy, that had 
abusive relationships with food in different ways. I had learned that food was a comfort. I had learned that, you know, when everything was going wrong, this is what you reach for. I had learned that you should make decisions that served you in this moment and not care at all about how it would make you feel later. So I just had all these perceptions about myself as it pertained to health and learning to shift my mindset around who I am, like you literally writing out, like I am someone who loves themselves enough to take care of themselves. I am someone who eats foods that bless my body. I am someone who wants to feel great and wants to have energy. So I had to sort of shift my brain and it helped me to do that inside of a journal. And then when I found myself maybe reaching for something that was going to be a bad decision, I would have to ask, okay, wait, who are you showing up as right now? Are you showing up as you at 13 years old who's having a hard day and wants to have a box of Oreos? Or are you going to show up as this version of yourself who knows better, loves herself well, and is going to stick to this thing? So it might be worth spending some time in your journal, just kind of asking, like, what are the lies that you believe about food and nutrition and how it's going to make you feel? And who do you want to be now as you go forward? Because I love that you said this thing like, hey, I'm young and I want to figure this out now. Because if you can figure it out now, you're so far ahead of the rest of us. You have this for the rest of your life. Well, I was going to ask about that too, like with the self-sabotage thing, because literally two hours before I got on here, it was lunchtime. I stopped by my grandparents' house, just ate a little something, chatted with them. And then there was red velvet cake there. And it wasn't even like they were like, hey, do you want cake? Like, I didn't have any pressure from them. I truly was not craving cake. Like, I didn't, it didn't even, but I knew as soon as I took a bite of that, that that's good cake. I've had it before. And I ate lunch and I'm like, well, I did run 12 miles this morning. Like, why? I don't understand. I didn't eat all the, like, I had everything working for me to not do it. I think I weirdly, which I have not fully unpacked yet, like have this thing inside of me where, oh, but we don't want to go too far the other way. Like, which I don't know where that would ever come from, but I'm like, right. But don't be, don't be too uptight. Like have cake. You, you deserve it. All that crap. Right. I totally get that. I think a couple of things happen. Number one, it's a habit now. Your habit is that you will treat yourself if you see something and I get it like, oh, cake is my thing. And so it would be very hard for me to not want to do that same piece. And honestly, the only way that I'm not going to reach for that is if I am working toward a goal. That's it for me. Like I have to have a plan and I have to be working towards something. Like I think of it like you're a runner too. So I am the most, uh, I'm the most regimented and I'm like the best in my training if I'm training, meaning like if I'm training for a half marathon, I'm going to run 12 miles. If I'm not in training for something, I'm maybe only going to do two or three. And that's great. Like people are listening to this, like, screw you. Three miles is awesome. It is. But if you're a runner and you know that you have the ability to push a bit further and you don't, maybe this isn't true for everyone, but for me, I feel like, oh, I'm not living up to my potential. So you have to be on some kind of plan for something. It literally could be like, hey, I want to try and eat in a certain way for the next three weeks. So I want to see if I have energy. I want to see if I feel less tired. I want to see if I have less caffeine. Like you've got to have a why that you're working toward because right now without one, 
well, why not have a cake? Mm -hmm. Who cares? There's no reason not to. So you need something that you're focusing on to get to, or you're going to reach for the thing that you don't want to. Or again, you could tell yourself in that moment, hey, Katie, yeah, that's red velvet cake. Let's add that to the list of what we're going to have on Sunday. And then maybe by the time you get, you leave grandma and grandpa's house, you're like, oh, actually, that's not even what I want. Like what I actually want is a chocolate milkshake. Like I'm really going to have something that really is satisfying to me and not just sort of the in the moment thing. Because I am all about eating delicious food that makes you happy and living well, like having drinks. Like I'm so about that life, but I want to do it in an intentional way. I also just think I enjoy it so much more and I appreciate it so much more when I'm pursuing it in that way versus in the moment it's there. I'm just going to eat it. Awesome. I like that. Cause yeah, if I think yeah. of it too, like obviously eating healthier would help my running and yeah, I'm on a very like regimented strict plan for this marathon. I'm going to run this fall. I really could easily pair a healthy eating with that and think of my marathon when I think of food. I've like never thought of that. So that's very good, Rachel. (laughs) Right, right. Or even, or even think of it too, of like, okay, if I was in training for a marathon, I would probably do the cheat day the day before my long run. So I'd use those carbs as fuel for the next day. So then like everything has a why everything's working together. And the other great thing about that is for me, if I know I've got to do a long run tomorrow, there are some things I'm not going to be able to have, even if I want them. So like, I'm not going to be able to have like cheese, which is like super upsetting to my stomach. I'm not going to be able to have fried foods. I'm not, I'm still gonna have a great time, but I'm going to do it in a way that's like, again, reminding me of who I want to be. When you're out there running those miles, you are actively pursuing the woman you want to be. That's what you're doing. You're saying like, I am a person who runs a marathon. And this is me right now practicing in real time what that looks like. When you are at grandma and grandpa's and you see the cake and you're not, you don't even want it. You don't even whatever. And you just do it out of habit. That's you falling back into a person you used to be, not the woman that you want to be. So it's like, how can we set you up so that you're able to reach for, reach for, reach for. And every single day you're reminding yourself, this is where I'm going. This is what this life looks like. This is who I want to be. Great. (laughs) Is there anything else that I can talk you through or answer while you have me here? I don't think so on the food thing. That was very good advice, but I, this was so cool. I was so honored to do this. I was so excited. I I listened to your podcast. I mean, I've listened to every single episode that when I thought, like, I knew Chelsea's name, I was like, oh, when it was like, this is Chelsea, I'm like, oh my gosh, from Rachel <laughs> And I went to Rise in Minneapolis. That's and awesome. I just, it was awesome. I loved it. So oh, much. cool. Oh, that was such a good conference. Yes. That one was so fun. I'm really excited. This We're having our first in-person conference in Austin. And I, you know, you know the energy and the magic of being in that room. So I'm super pumped to have everybody come back together. And I'm glad I got a chance to hang out with you in real life. Keep up the good work. I know it's not easy to change. Like how we eat is something that we've done since we were little girls. So you're trying to change a big paradigm in your life. And that is going to take work. And probably the most important thing that you can do in this process is not 
be so hard on yourself when you do something that you wish you had it. Just be like, yep, I'm human. That was what I did today. Right back on. Because if you beat yourself up about it, it's going to take you so long to get back into the right frame of mind. So just go, yep, that was, this happened next. You don't need to like have a new day start or wait until Monday or whatever. Literally, the second that that choice is over, you've got a whole day in front of you or a night in front of you that you get to pursue this version of yourself. So keep at it. Thank you so much. Yeah. And thank you for the time, Katie. I super Thank you. It was awesome. (laughs) The Rachel Hollis Podcast is hosted by me, Rachel Hollis. Our show is edited by Andrew Weller with additional production support by Sterling Coates. Our executive producer is Cameron Berkman. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is a 3% chance production.